0: Allies and enemies. Last week, do y'all remember what we talked about last week? Jesus. Satan. Good try. Alright, so enemy number one. Enemy number one, we talked about Satan, right? So what we're doing, we're going over the next now five weeks and we're doing three enemies and three allies And they represent different things and different people that kind of pull at your heart, that tug at your life when you're going through uh, different things in life. All right. So last week we talked about um, Satan as ally or enemy number one. Tonight we're going to talk about ally number one, which is the Holy Spirit. All right, so ally number one is the Holy Spirit, and here comes the... All right, listen. Let's pray. Let's get our... Let's focus in, all right? And let's pray, and then we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for um, this night, this opportunity. I know we had some trouble with the sound system, and, you know, sometimes those things happen, God, but... I pray that uh that wouldn't cause us to lose our focus on you tonight and that we would uh you know just um, just hear what you have to say to us tonight. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So last night, um Brandy had made us dinner. And so we were eating and um And Emerson and Brandy got done eating before, and Carson, before I did. So I was still eating, and Brandy said, hey, I'm going to go ahead and go give Emerson a bath. So she got Emerson, and she went in the bathroom, and she was giving her a bath. And so me and Carson was in the living room, or in the kitchen, and we were doing his homework, and I was finishing up my my dinner, and I told Carson he wanted to play the Xbox. So I told Carson, I said, well, first you've got to finish your homework, and then we're going to clean the kitchen. And he kind of looked at me funny, and I was like, "That's a, it's okay. You know, You sometimes you have to do stuff before you get to, you know, have fun and play games. So tonight, me and you are going to clean the kitchen for Mommy. And he sat there and kind of took it in for a minute, and I thought he was good. You know what I'm saying? So Brandy's in the bathroom, you know giving Emerson a bath and Carson gets up and and he's walking that way and I didn't really think anything of it because a lot of times Carson likes to play with Emerson in the bath which usually ends up just splashing water everywhere. Um, So he goes in there and I can hear him because you know he's deaf and he's loud. Um, So I can hear him in the bathroom and he says mommy me and daddy are boys and Brandy said yeah you're correct you are boys both of you. And you could tell Carson was kind of pondering on something. And Carson said, Mommy, you're a girl. That means you clean. <laughs> so immediately I'm sitting there and I'm thinking first, you know, I'm just eating my potatoes, enjoying the night. And then this happens, right? So I don't know if you guys know this, but I don't have the best reputation primarily in this room with the ladies and how I speak to them about um, how I feel about things and how they look. And um, anyways, y'all look fabulous, ladies, all of you. So Carson said that and my initial reaction was, uh-oh. And then it dawned on me, that was hilarious, right? Like, that was legit funny, because I didn't even put him up to that, and he walked in there and said, Mama, you're a girl, you clean. So I'm sitting there laughing, and then I hear Brandy, and she says, what? And she goes on to tell some stuff, and then he just comes walking in there like nothing ever happened. So I regained my composure, I didn't want to see him... Didn't want him to see me laughing at him about the situation, and and he sat down, and I said, buddy, girls aren't the only ones that clean, and he looked at me. I mean, he thought he was in trouble, (laughs) and I was like, you know, sometimes we need to clean and kind of help out, and you got to do that before you can play the Xbox, and he ended up doing good. He ended up cleaning. Um, I didn't because of my wife's OCD, and she didn't let me, did you? See? It makes her feel better. It's soothing to her. It's therapeutic. So she said, you take the baby, and I'm going to clean and get the lunches together. And Carson helped her. He washed the tables, he put up some dishes, and he did a great job. But see, here's the point. Here's the point. Carson, growing up, he's got a lot of things to learn, right? See, he didn't learn that mindset. If you're on Facebook, you saw me and Jed joking about it, you know, and I obviously don't teach my kid that, hey, women clean. That's your duty, women, right? Uh, I like to joke around. I like to have a good time with Cherie, but Cherie knows I'm joking, right? So here's the thing, is because of how Carson sees his mama and how she likes to clean and how she likes to do those things, and she's always cleaning something, he has developed this mindset that she's the one that's supposed to clean. And it was a teaching opportunity. And see, here's the thing that we've got to learn about the Holy Spirit and why he's our ally is because um, he comes to teach us stuff. Like he's here to help us. He's here to he, he moves into your heart to help you navigate through life whenever you don't necessarily understand things. When you have situations that come up in your life and you don't really understand those situations, whenever you have, um, you know, processes and things going on in your life and they're hard and and it's difficult, the Holy Spirit's there to walk through that situation with you and guide you. And that's what we're going to learn tonight in the book of John chapter 16, right? So just like Carson, we too have to learn things. Like you don't just become a Christian and you know exactly what to say and how to say it and when to say it. You have to learn those things. And the Holy Spirit helps you with that. So the book of John, chapter 16, here's the big idea for tonight. The Holy Spirit is our ally because he was sent by Jesus to convict us of our sins and teach us how to be more like Jesus. So in the same sense that I am Carson's father, so my primary role for him is not to be his best friend, is not to be his buddy, is not to you know, continuously tell him exactly what he wants to hear. My role is to teach him what it is to be a man, right? And do I do those things perfect all the time? No. Do I react to all situations perfect all the time? No, but in the same sense, we have the Holy Spirit in our lives to teach us to be like Jesus. And that's what we're going to learn. John chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse 4. But the first point I want you to understand in this text is... um, we're at a point in Jesus' ministry where he approaches his apostles, his disciples, and he says, listen, guys, um, I'm going to have to go somewhere. And they're like, cool, you're going to go pray, and then we're going to go get in the messed up situation, you're going to come back and save us, right? No. Like, I'm going to go bye-bye for a long time. And they, they were having trouble understanding this, but look, how, look what Jesus says right here in John chapter 16. Understand that Jesus had to go. Verse 4 says, But these things I have spoken to you. This is Jesus talking. So that when their, their hour comes, you may remember that I told you of them. These things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to him who sent me, and none of you ask me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts jesus had to go see here's here's the thing about this right and i love what what he points out to them you know he's having this discussion and and jesus isn't this you know like i'm gonna make you feel good he's this i'm gonna call you out on something kind of guy right and look what he says in verse six or verse five it says but now i'm going to him who sent me and none of you asked me where are you going He's like, hey, what's up, man? Like, I've told you I'm going. I've told you I'm leaving. I've told you this probably isn't going to be pretty. And not one of you have said, wait, but where are you going? And then look what, look what he says. But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. So you're upset about this, right? Right? That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is telling his disciples, he says, listen, I, I'm telling you these things and you're disappointed about it, but none of you are really concerned about me. Like, why aren't you asking about where I'm going? Why aren't you concerned about what's going to happen? You see, here's the thing. Sometimes it's difficult to let things go, right? I mean, in other parts of scripture, when you see that Jesus tells them what's going to happen, um... At no point in time are they sitting there thinking, man, this is going to be rough for Jesus, right? Like they're in this constant state of denial every time it's brought up. You see, and here's the thing, uh, they didn't like the situation. They didn't like where this was going because it didn't work best for them they didn't feel like. Right? Like, like they're, they're used to Jesus bailing them out constantly. They're used to Jesus being there to stop the storm when the waves are too big. Like they're used to Jesus being there whenever someone's approaching them. Um, you know, they're, they're in this cemetery and this massive dude that looks like the Hulk is approaching them. And by the way, he's naked, that's scary enough, and he's demon-possessed. True story, read your Bible. so they're used to jesus being there and they're used to jesus stopping big naked hulk guy and, and saving them right and like they're used to jesus being there as a comfort zone to them you see and it's easy to point fingers at them and to laugh at them and say you you crazy people don't you see what jesus was doing you see, but we do the exact same thing. Just like the disciples in, in, in their instant of den- denial, there are times in our lives that we must let go of things. We must let go of people. We must let go of opportunities, but we don't want to because we think that those people are in our life, and that's what's best for me. We think that 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 opportunity is presented to me, and that's what's best for me, so I'm not letting go. I'm not going to pray about it because I know how God feels about it, and I'm going to feel guilty if I pray, so I'm just not going to pray, and I'm going to do it, and it's going to work out in the end. Like, that's what we do. That's what adults do. That's what teenagers do. Like, I know this relationship with this boy, this relationship with this girl isn't pleasing to God. I know that this isn't what God would want for me, but I'm going to do it anyways because she's hot. Right? Like, we laugh at that, but we do that. Like, that's how we feel. Listen. Jesus understood at the moment that he had to go. I remember um, I remember early on like like super early in mine and brandy 's relationship. I like guess it's, it's one of those things that really sticks out to me. I remember um, and i 'm not going to go into the whole story, but there were certain people that didn 't like when me and Brandy started dating, and it was kind of a weird situation um, borderline scary. <laughs> So I remember, uh, you know, we were talking about it, and I said these words, all right? Guys, take note. If you've got a notebook, write this down and never say this to your girlfriend. Learn from my experience. This doesn't help my cause, does it? I I said this, all right? Do you remember what I said? I remember it very specifically. I can tell you where we were sitting (laughs) when I said it. We were sitting at McConnell Elementary's parking lot back by the basketball area. And I said this to her. I mean, we had been like, (laughs) this is like day one. I said, is it really worth it? Hold on, hold on. But I remember Brandy's response also. I remember Brandy's response also. So it went like this: Is it really even worth it? Well, I guess not if you have to ask. She did say that, and then things came out of her mouth, and she spit fire. See, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Listen, at the moment, it wasn't necessarily convenient, right? It wasn't necessarily convenient because uh, maybe of our previous relationships, long, long, long time frame relationships, and and maybe it seemed a little difficult to me, and maybe I, I wasn't used to being out of my comfort zone like that. But it worked out, right? Because I stuck with it. Because she yelled at me and just threatened to cut me. Um, She didn't really. She didn't really. Listen. You see, but it worked out. because, Because here we are. Listen. Shh, shh. Even though at that moment... You know, maybe things were uncomfortable, things were difficult at that moment, but God had a purpose, right? And I'm not going to get into the big story of, of, you know, I believe that God brought me and Brandy together for a purpose. And that purpose, you know, is all sorts of things, and this is a, a small part of it, right? I don't believe that I would be a youth pastor had not God not given me Brandy. I don't know that I would have two beautiful kids had God not given me brandy, right? Like, I don't know that I would have been in a marriage that would have lasted for almost 10 years now. Can y'all imagine being married to me for 10 years? Listen, even though it started rough, even though it was uncomfortable at the beginning, even though it was difficult, even though that we didn't necessarily have a fan club rooting for us to be together, it worked out in the end because God was in it. And sometimes in your life, you're going to go through things, you're going to go through situations, you're going to go through decisions, and those decisions are hard, those decisions are uncomfortable, those decisions are difficult, but sometimes you're going to have to let go of some things in order to move forward for God. You see that? And that's what God's telling his disciples right here. He's saying, listen, you're going to have to let go of me. You're going to have to let me go. And the reason why we see as we move forward is, is that Jesus needed to send the Holy Spirit, our number one ally. Number two, Jesus had to go was number one. Number two, the Holy Spirit had to come. Like, why did Jesus have to go? It's because the Holy Spirit had to come. And we see that in verse 7. Listen to this. Verse 7 through 11. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. The Helper being the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send Him to you. And He, when He comes will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment, concerning sin because they do not believe in me, and concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me, and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. Okay, so listen, that's a lot. We're going to break it down. The Holy Spirit, Scripture tells us, Jesus tells us, came to convict the world. Right? And what do you think of imma- immediately whenever I say convict, right? You're thinking like judgment, right? Well, the term convict here means to convince, to persuade, to make known. Jesus says, listen, the Holy Spirit's got to come because I've got to let you know about some stuff. I've got to teach you a few things. Right? Just like our opening story. There's a lot of things that I need to teach Carson. Am I going to be able to teach him everything? No. <laughs> right? Like, am I the guy that's going to be able to teach him how to hunt? No. No. I was looking at Jed because he would... um. Right? Listen. See, in Jesus' earthly ministry, he could not be everywhere at every moment, but whenever he went... To take care of his business, he sent the Holy Spirit who could live in each and every single one of our hearts to convince us of a few things. And what are those things that he wants to convince us of? Somebody asked me. What? what are the things that he wants to convince us Thanks for asking, man. Look at verse 9. Look at this. Verse 9. It says concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Right? Notice that word sin, is, it's a singular term here. Like, like he's talking about one specific sin. Like, are we perfect? Are we going to live without sin? No. But see, here's the problem. There's one specific sin. There's one thing that you can do that can basically damn you to hell. That one sin is not believing in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And Jesus says, listen, the Holy Spirit's got to come. i got to go so the Holy Spirit can come. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be your number one ally because he's going to convince you that you need me. <laughs> right? Like He's going to convince you that you can't do this without me. And if you go through life believing that you can, if you go through life believing that you don't need me, you're going to end up in a very, very bad place. You see, Jesus' ministry was important because he knew what was going to happen. He knew he had to make this happen, right? So without the Holy Spirit convincing us and making known to us our need of salvation, we would all be doomed, right? And at this point, I, I want to encourage you that if you have questions about your salvation, if you have things that you're wondering about your salvation if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life quit running from it like you don't know how long you have like you don't know uh, what's going to happen tonight or even tomorrow so quit running from it come talk to us if you're a girl and you would rather talk to a lady there's three ladies four ladies back here (laughs) sorry Four beautiful, loving ladies back here. And then there's Jed. You see, this makes the Holy Spirit ally, number one. Number two, look at verse 10. Why did the Holy Spirit come? It says, concerning righteousness. Because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. You see here... The Holy Spirit's purpose is to crush our desires of self-righteousness. Like you think this mindset of, of me, myself, I, it's all about me. Like that's our culture. That's not just your mindset. That's what you're taught, right? You're taught that you are entitled to everything, right? We live in an entitlement country. <laughs> like we believe that we deserve to be given Um, certain things, right? You see, Jesus knew that the minute people received something that they truly didn't deserve, that they would twist it into thinking they somehow earned it. Jesus knew that, and he told his disciples, listen, here's the problem. Whenever the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to move into your heart, and then you're going to live life for a little while and be like, man, I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful I have the Holy Spirit living in me. But as time goes on, it's going to kind of get old to you, and you're going to stop reading your Bible, and you're going to stop praying so much, and you're going to start believing that it's actually you that did something. So that's self-righteousness. And and, and Jesus says, hey, the Holy Spirit's coming to crash that. Like, he's going to crush that idea. Like, you think you, you are owed something? And we do. See, that's the problem. We do. And how do I know that we do that? How do I know that I do that whenever certain things go on in our lives? And we're like, God, if, if you'll just fix this in my life, I will do this. Have you ever bargained with God? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see, that, that makes me know that I have an entitlement problem. I actually believe that I have something that I can offer God when I have nothing. Like you want to hear a story that, that will make you, um, it'll make you appreciate what God's given you? Right? Like I wasn't planning on going here and then Brandy sent me this today and, and it really just broke my heart. And for whatever reason, God kind of laid it on my heart to put this out here. But she sent me a story of this little boy that they found um, in a room, basically, or they, his dad brought him to the hospital and he was, he was severely malnourished. And they found that his mom had kept him in a room in the dark for over two years. And the boy was 13 years old and weighed 30 pounds. And they said that the scene actually looked like he, had, he, he was part of the Holocaust. Right? Like, now, now I want you to, to call this little boy up and be like, yeah, I'm entitled to this. <laughs> like, dude hasn't seen daylight in two years there 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 was uh urine and feces on the floor there were bowls of like cans of beans with with spoons in them right like am i telling you this to make you sad no i'm telling you this to to hopefully help you to understand that you are blessed To hopefully help you to understand that maybe God has blessed you with loving families. Maybe God has blessed you with a home. Maybe God has blessed you with a youth pastor that loves you with all of his heart. Maybe God has blessed you with a group of youth volunteers that do this for free. (laughs) Right? You see, the Holy Spirit came to crush this idea of self entitlement, this idea of self righteousness, because we don't deserve anything on our own. Listen to this Matthew chapter 6, verse 26 says this Look at the birds of the air that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? So next time you're kind of feeling sorry for your life, the next time you're kind of feeling bad, you know, that you have to get up at 5 o'clock to fix your hair and fix your makeup and make sure you're pretty for all the boys at school, right? Um, Next time you're doing that, um, think about this. (laughs) That God loves you, man. That God cares about you. That God... You are his prized creation. So concerning righteousness. Right? And then the third reason the Holy Spirit came is in verse 11, concerning judgment. You see here he's referencing to the judgments of the world under Satan's control. What does that mean? That's what half you are thinking, like, what? In other words, he's saying, listen, he's going to come and and tell you, um, hey, that's not really that big a deal. Like Satan is making this out to be a big deal that you have to do this. You have to do that. Otherwise, you're not going to fit in. Otherwise, you're not going to have friends. Otherwise, you're not going to be accepted anywhere. So you have to do these things. And the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to say, no, that's wrong. Like you don't have to to do those things. Like, like, no. Um you are beautiful uh girls, right? Like I believe with all my heart, every single girl in this room, you are beautiful the way you are. Right? I, I truly believe that. Listen. I think I think we have beautiful, talented girls and And I'll be darned if someone's going to make one of you girls believe that you're only beautiful if you have your clothes off. If You're, you're only beautiful if you're going to do this or you're going to do that for him. Because that's not true. That's a lie. That's Satan telling you, hey, you have to do this in order to fit in, and it's not true. Like, we've got some amazing students in our youth ministry, and I'll be darned if if Satan's going to come and tell you, hey, you have to do drugs to fit in, guys. Like, your popularity is based on how many girls you can get to sleep with you. How many beers you can drink before you turn 21. Right? Right? Because that's what Satan does, and he makes it look good. He makes it look appealing. He makes it look appetizing. But what it does is it crashes your life. What it does is it ruins relationships. What it does, is it, it, it leads to, to single moms, to single dads. It leads to, to high school dropouts. It leads to you know, all sorts of problems. Right? And, and you're better than that. You're prettier than that. You're, you're smarter than that. You're more talented than that. And the Holy Spirit came to tell you, hey, you're worth more than that. Like you, your life is valued more than just some kind of tool. So then the last one, right? See, Jesus had to go and the Holy Spirit had to come. And why? Our maturity had to develop. Look at verse 12. It says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it to you. Right? So how many of y'all know what FMLA is? You know what FMLA is? Some of y'all? All right, so this is what I do, all right? I'm going to explain this to you to prove a point. So I administer FMLA claims. And what FMLA is, it's a Family Medical Leave Act, and it was created in 1993, I think, under Bill Clinton's presidency, and what it does is it gives you 12 weeks of job protection, but you must have worked at your employer for at least 12 months, and you had to have at least 1,250 hours in that previous year, and there must be at least 50 employees at your work site that live within 75 mile radius of the work site and then you break that down and it works throughout a whole year you get 12 weeks and then it starts replenishing but then there's some state leaves like california they've got some real weird ones and it's even worse if you get pregnancy because then one state leave doesn't apply until the bonding time which comes after The pregnancy. And see, the pregnancy for California, you get 26 weeks of entitlement. So you can actually be out of work for 26 weeks if you're pregnant and having complications. And then after that, because the other one didn't kick in, you get 12 more weeks of bond. Y'all get it? (laughs) All right, listen. Listen, listen, listen. Kel said 12 weeks. (laughs) Listen. I did that on purpose. You say Shhh, shh, shh, shh. Do y'all think I'll learn that in one day? No, no, no. I've listen, listen. It took me probably about two or three years before I got comfortable doing this job. And here's my point, like. A job like that, like you don't just step in and you're like, ah, I got it. I can do this. No, no problem. Piece of cake. It takes training. It takes practice. It takes all day long for five days a week. For I've been there for 10 years now at you know. Like, it takes years of practice to get that down. And here's the thing. That's the same thing that Jesus is telling his disciples. Look what he says in verse 12. He says, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot hear them now. In other words, hey, you've got a lot to learn. You've got a lot that you need to understand, but you can't learn those things overnight. It takes time. It takes practice. It takes experience. Look at me. So just because you don't get these things, just because sometimes you mess up in life, sometimes you make a bad decision, sometimes you do something with with someone that you shouldn't be doing, sometimes maybe you drink something you shouldn't be drinking, maybe you smoke something you shouldn't be smoking, Um, just because sometimes we give in and we do those things, it doesn't mean that you're a terrible person. It means that you haven't matured yet. You see, and that's the main focus of the Holy Spirit is to make you more like Jesus Christ. So, the message tonight listen, here's the point, here's the whole thing. The message is tonight, you're not gonna get it overnight, right? You're not gonna understand everything overnight. But through time, if you continue to seek after Him, look at me, if you continue to reach for Him, right? Like like, let go of those things, let go of those things that you're grasping onto, and reach for God. Right? Like if you want that relationship to work, put God first. Trust me. Right? Like, like, like trust me. And look to God, and the Holy Spirit's going to mature you in a way that just seems unreal. And you're going to get these things. And you're going to understand these things. and but But you can't do that if you're not reading the Bible. You can't do that if you're not praying to God. You can't do that if you don't take God serious. So take God serious because he sent the Holy Spirit to be your number one ally. To guide you and direct you through life and all of its decisions. And I believe that each and every one of you have... Um, potential to be great to be great at something but if you don't put God first you're going to fail everybody look up